Welcome back to the Outcomes Rocket. Saul Marquez is here, and today I have the privilege of hosting Dr. Adrian Ponce. He's the founder and chief science officer at Verix. Dr. Ponce received his PhD in chemistry from Caltech for his research on electron transfer of proteins in water and works at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory as investigation scientist on MOXIE, an instrument on the next Mars rover mission that will convert some of the Martian carbon dioxide atmosphere to oxygen in preparation for future human missions to Mars. His research interests have taken him to various extreme environments, including Atacama Desert, Chile, and Kilimanjaro glaciers, which serve as Mars analog sites, where he investigates microbial survival in extreme environments. In the laboratory, his group simulates the environments of Mars and Jupiter's icy moon Europa to assess the survival and probability of growth of microbes in these environments. He is also currently investigating the viability decay of bacterial spores embedded in Arctic and Antarctic ices to probe the longevity of the most durable forms of life. Dr. Ponce invented an endoscope, which enables real-time monitoring of sterilization processes. And his Caltech startup, Verix, which we're going to dive into today, uses this technology to improve human health by mitigating microbial contamination with the fastest and most direct biological measurements of endospore viability. He also manages the JPL student programs that brings more than a thousand interns to JPL for research experiences. You know today is going to be a great talk. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and, and with the uh, fascinating background of, of Dr. Ponce, I want to uh, welcome him today to share with us what's going on at Verix. And, and where the future of these cross-vertical technologies could help us improve outcomes in healthcare and beyond. So such a pleasure to have you here with us, Adrian. Thank you, and uh, good morning. It's a pleasure to be on. Absolutely. Now, your background is fascinating. I mean, just thinking about, you know, studying these extreme environments on Earth to simulate the environments of Mars and Jupiter, how did you get into that, and how did it convert into healthcare? Yeah, so no, that's a, an interesting story, I think. Um, you know, I started working at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory in 2000, so many moons ago. And uh, JPL is, of course, one of the 10 NASA centers, and it's responsible for the robotic exploration of space. And so this field of astrobiology started to come into focus for me, and I'm a chemist by training, right? And so uh, I learned about, uh, you know, what the search of life was all about, and also some of the measures that are taken to ensure that we don't contaminate places like Mars with Earth microbes. And so uh, as I started to learn more about that, I started to understand some of the technology gaps uh, that were present. Uh, and some of my background actually um, in, in chemistry enabled me to formulate some new ideas about, you know, how to understand uh, some of the, you know, how the toughest forms of life like bacterial spores can survive and even thrive in extreme environments on Earth, like the Atacama Desert and Kilimanjaro, which you mentioned in the intro. And that then in turn helps inform uh, us uh, as a NASA community to uh, where we might search for life on places like Mars. And so that was kind of the, the beginning of it for me uh, about, oh gosh, almost 20 years ago now. Well, it's, uh, it's fascinating. And, you know, uh, as we think about these unique perspectives that you have, you know, a lot, a lot of the talk around healthcare is like, how can we learn from the other aisles of, of industry? 
you know, and, and exploration right. and research. And so you're, you're such a great example of being able to borrow from one and apply it to another. Can you help us understand how Varix came about and what the ties to what you were doing there are? Sure. Um, so the kind of central player in all of the toughest form of microbial life, the bacterial spore, I already mentioned why it's of interest to astrobiology, right? Because it's the toughest form of life. And, you know, how does it survive in extreme environments, informing the search for life elsewhere in the solar system? But uh, there's also this um, idea of protecting those environments on Mars and Europa, which is a moon around Jupiter with, you know, a liquid water ocean bigger than the size of the Earth's ocean. But the idea is to protect those oceans. And uh, the way we do that is very similar to what hospitals do for their sterility assurance to mitigate things like a hospital-acquired infection. And basically uh, what we do is we use this toughest form of life, the spore, the central player in all this. Uh, for NASA, we use it to do spacecraft sterility assurance. So we have requirements that the surfaces of spacecraft that are going to Mars have to have less than a certain threshold of the spores on their surfaces. And so we use, you know, traditional microbiology techniques and so on to, to verify those that were below those thresholds. And uh, similarly in hospitals, right, you know, using cleaning methods and uh, autoclaves and sterilizers and so on. And the question there is uh, similar in that, you know, how do you know that you've been successful in sterilizing? So sterility assurance is, is based on basically using these indicator organisms, uh, bacterial spores, specifically those spores from Geobacillus stereothermophilus, which is kind of a very heat tolerant microbe that thrives in high temperatures. It can, you know, survive in boiling water, for example, and basically use those indicator organisms in bioindicators that are used to basically certify, to verify that sterilizer runs have been successful. And so that's the kind of connection between the, the NASA work and then the startup that uh, came about, um, I guess it's about eight years ago, or so we, I, I kicked it off. And uh, that, uh, that's been evolving nicely uh, to the present stage. That's great, great work. And it's all about confirmation, right? Like it's, it's about letting people right. know that you, what you're using in your surgery today is, is sterile. Correct. It's like a, and it's such a critical problem uh, because of the number of hospital-acquired infections are, are so high. So the what the folks in sterility assurance departments and, uh, you know, uh, sterile processing departments do is so critical. And how about on the, uh, you know, because a lot, of, a lot of devices and consumables also come sterile packed. Do you guys play a role on the, on the device side of things? Yeah, I mean, that's a, a, a kind of a pipeline product for us. So our okay. focus right now is specifically for the sterile processing departments and the bioindicators used for those sterilizers, uh, for the ethylene oxide and other uh, sterilizers that are used for packaging, the, the single-use sterile materials, there's also an application there. And, you know, that's another one that we hope to tackle as soon as we put this one in the can, so to speak. Love it. Yeah, it's fascinating. And the applications are pretty broad. You know, right now you guys are focused on the provider space and in that SPD area. Tell us what makes you guys different or better than, than what's available today. Well, I mean, we uh, recognize that there's a need for speed in, uh, you know, SPD and, uh, you know, the, the OR is always clamoring to get their equipment as soon as possible. And there's a need to kind of uh, turn over uh, these uh, surgical suites 
what we're hoping to introduce is that uh, uh, we're going to look at the earliest stage in the life cycle of these spores uh, during germination stage one, basically. And uh, so that's the fastest answer you can get and still work with the actual biological entity. And um, we're actually going to do it using a technique of, of uh, imaging and counting and enumerating spores as opposed to what kind of the typical technology is looking at um, intensity of fluorescence and the threshold. So being able to count the actual organisms and, and seeing them, you know, as they say, seeing is believing, I think provides an extra measure of confidence in the results. And of course, with sterility assurance, assurance is part of the word, right, or part of the, the term. And, uh, and so providing that extra assurance, I think, is a critical new capability that we want to introduce. Very clear. And so as we think about how this translates into outcomes and, and potentially case reduction and, and health acquired infections, have you guys done any, any work there or, or any opportunities to dive into that? Yeah, I mean, those are hard to come by to trace, uh, you know, the root cause of uh, hospital acquired infection. Not many of them are actually traced to uh, failures of sterilizers, but nonetheless, you know, that's because the hospitals are doing such a good job and the machines are very reliable. But nonetheless, there's a, a requirement to use biological indicators. And by keeping uh, uh, that technology uh, updated and current and making it easier to use, getting faster results and having uh, this kind of enumeration capability, and, you know, to get more assurance, as I said earlier. I think uh, provides the next increment of progress here. It may even be a game-changing, hopefully, for the SPD uh, managers and, and their technicians. Yeah, it's awesome. It's a great, uh, great opportunity to explore ways that we could do better. I mean, counting and enumerating versus kind of just seeing an intensity seems a lot more exact to me. How would you say you guys have uh, been able to apply uh, what you do? Are you guys in hospitals or, or where are you at in the process? Oh, that's you know great question. So we're uh, at the stage where we've um, locked the design of the you know product in the, the development. We're meeting all of the requirements, doing a lot of testing uh, and uh, verification experiments. And uh, there are a lot of you know lessons learned there. But we're kind of on final approach to get the uh, data set that we need to submit uh, to the FDA now in the coming uh, months here. And um, then the goal is obviously to get certified by the FDA using the 510K process based on a predicate uh, bioindicator mm -hmm. device. And once we get certified, then we go into, you know, marketing and manufacturing and distribution and, and so on. So that's, that's the road ahead that we envision following. Love it. And as, as people are listening to this, right, many, many leaders of organizations, like what would your call to action be to them and an invitation? Uh, the call to action? Well, I mean, uh, it's new technology and uh, SPD departments are, you know, probably very conservative in adopting new technology. So, you know, the call to action is really to uh, kind of uh, look at the, the new claims, the new capabilities, and hopefully we can make the case successfully that, uh, that the benefits of using this technology uh, uh, will really warrant their consideration and, and giving it a try. Yeah, I think that's a great call out. And as we look at ourselves, you know, getting procedures, especially in this COVID era, right, where we're even more concerned about infection and, right. and disease prevention. 
we have to start thinking about other options. And I mean, you're, you're talking about the toughest form of life here, right? Those bacterial spores, uh, just being able to use that same technology to disinfect these, these vessels and understanding how we disinfect these things that go into our bodies. It's a great opportunity for us to take a look at that. And as you guys have been building the model and moving it forward, Adrian, what would you say has been a setback and maybe some, some lessons that came out of that setback? Well, I mean, it's a new technology and it's challenging technology. I mean, we've really pushed uh, the envelope of what is possible from a point of view of material science. And specifically there, we're talking about, you know, I mentioned it's the toughest form of microbial uh, life, right? So Mm -hmm. microbiology, if you're applying it to be analytical, is typically, you know, hard to work with, uh, getting you know, reproducibility within an order of magnitude is typically considered good. That's uh, a, a challenge just um, by the nature of the business of microbiology. But, um, you know, in the material science area, we had to find materials that survive the high heat of the autoclave, but still remain optically transparent so that we can image and enumerate uh, those surviving pores if they survive uh, an autoclave run. And, uh, you know, that, that was quite a challenge uh, to find the right material, did a lot of searching. It's kind of like Edison finding all of, you know, the, the right filament that survives in the light bulb and keeps it mm-hmm. glowing. So it was a bit of a search there, and that took a little bit longer than expected. And as, as you can imagine, in a startup environment, time is money. And so um, that, that was a pretty big challenge. Another one is that to verify uh, requirements for bioindicators, you have to use this thing called a beer. And as pleasant as that may sound, uh, it's uh, actually a bioindicator experiment resistometer. So what it is, is a really fancy autoclave that's like a Lamborghini. And it can reach the temperature of the autoclave, let's say 135 Celsius within 10 seconds Wow! Uh, from start to to finish and, and then holds it. And that is to very carefully control the thermal dosage that bioindicators experience. And so imagine this, you know, to show that our technology works, we have to start out with several hundred thousand living, you know, spores on in our bioindicator. And then we have to apply the exact thermal dosage such that out of a hundred bioindicators that we put into that uh, beer, that beer autoclave, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 30 to 80 percent have at least one organism surviving. And so in other words, you have some that they're all killed off and some that have uh, one or more organisms surviving. And and that is dialed in starting with you know hundreds of thousands of spores. And so that's a really challenging experiment to do. Uh, you know, in terms of the, the mechanical engineering and uh, of the beer, and then also in terms of coupling that to the microbiology to dial in these uh, individual spores, zeros and ones, you know, some of them are all dead and some of them have some survivors is a huge challenge experimentally. And so that's been both challenging and, you know, a fun challenge to uh, tackle. So, yeah, yeah. It's uh, all, all the fine tuning that it takes and the experimentation that it takes to, to have something like this work is oftentimes underappreciated. And, and sounds like you guys have been racking your brains and trying a bunch of stuff in this in this uh, autoclave, uh, this beer autoclave, and uh, finally getting close to to that final product. You know, it's exciting. It's exciting stuff. And, and if, if you think about what's most exciting today, what, what would you say that is? Yeah, I mean, uh, just to your earlier point, you know, um, 
if it was easy, it would have been done already, right? So this, what we're doing isn't easy to bring this technology forward, um, but we have a great handle on it now. And I think we're on this kind of final approach and um, especially critical to address those challenges that I talked about is having a hardworking and creative team that kind of sticks with the challenge, right? It's that persistence and perseverance. Uh, to overcome the, what initially might seem as insurmountable obstacles, you know, that's the key to success in overcoming them as a hardworking and creative team that sticks with it. But in terms of what I'm excited about is now that we've kind of, you know, gone through this, uh, this challenge uh, that I described, I think we're at the cusp of verifying the requirements, showing that the claims that we're making valid and then ultimately getting this FDA clearance that we're working towards. I think that's what I'm really most excited about right now, is taking something that started in my garage, literally, uh, with some EPA funding eight years ago, and bringing it now to a point where it might actually help, you know, the SPD uh, staff uh, and management, and then ultimately patients, right? And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. And going through that end-to-end process and getting close now is, is a point in my life that's been just really exciting. And it's been fun to see. It's been challenging, but fun. And it's exciting to get to this point. So we got to push through. Love it. Yeah. The life cycle of, of a device or, a, or, you know, an indicator like this is long. And uh, and so yeah, <laughs> your work. Well, they the call it uh, they call it the valley of death, right? You you kind of show that you have proof of principle, but mm-hmm. then to make a medical device, a biomedical device that the FDA certifies to get to that point is what they call the valley of death, right? Trying to do that, then we can see the oasis on the other side. <laughs> so that's the exciting <laughs> part. You're ready. You're ready. <laughs> Absolutely. We're hungry and ready. <laughs> I love it. And, and you know what? I'm sure the, the, uh, the beneficiaries of this patients, health systems, SPD departments are, are going to also, you know, be ready for, for something new to do things better. If you had to, to recommend a, a uh, good read to us, uh, Dr. Ponce. What would you What would you recommend as far as books for us? Just one or two books. Oh goodness, um, let's see. Um, I've been so busy. I haven't read much lately, but um, I've I've been reading a book about the Tree of Life recently, uh, uh-huh. and I have the book out here. So I want to make sure I get the quote right. But it's sure. basically about how using, uh, you know. First, DNA structure recognition, right? And then sequencing technology. So it's called The Tangled Tree, A Radical New History of Life by David Quammen. Mm-hmm. So I'm just in the middle of reading that. And it's just fascinating to see how the, uh, the technology of molecular biology that was started to develop really in the 70s and matured in the 80s and 90s. And now with CRISPR and gene editing and so on, is really a, really a paradigm shift in our understanding about how you know life works and how it evolved and how it might inform even the emergence for life on Earth. You know, from the first, you know, the last universal common ancestor that is kind of a hypothetical organism from which we all uh, sprang forth ultimately. And so I think it's a really fascinating book, and I can recommend that for sure. Love it. The Tangled Tree, a great opportunity to, to dive into into the sort of the biology and the beginnings of, of where we came from. Absolutely. 
Very good, Dr. Flinsay. Well, this this is uh, fascinating work that you're up to. And, and um, folks, to get a full transcript of my conversation here with Dr. Ponsay and a work being done at Verix, which obviously you can go to verix.com. That's V-E-R-R-I-X.com. But also go to outcomesrocket.health. And in the search bar, type in Verix, V-E-R-R-I-X. And you'll find all of the links associated with this podcast, as well as a full transcript and short notes of our discussion today. Such an interesting discussion. And uh, I really appreciate your perspective, Dr. Ponce. Can you give us a closing thought? And then the best place where the listeners could continue the conversation with you, if that's an opportunity. Sure. I mean, look, right now we're going through this COVID-19 pandemic and, you know, I'm thinking about the folks working in SPD and in hospitals in general, you know, really at the front line. And uh, what an interesting perspective I think might be is that now with this pandemic, about 100% of the world, right, uh, has been sensitized about the need for hygiene and, and sterile practices and so on. And I think that's a really interesting point of view. It's usually SPD folks, I think, you know, in talking to many of my colleagues there, they feel a little bit underappreciated. But now I think the whole world is paying attention to the types of practices that are uh, being performed in those uh, SPD uh, areas of operation. And so I think that'll stimulate uh, this kind of recognition and the importance of sterile processing will catalyze future entrepreneurs to contribute to, uh, you know, other solutions that will help keep people safe from, from infection. So I think that's, I think, a good perspective, you know, that despite the pandemic and all of the bad things that are happening, it ultimately is at times like this when creativity and entrepreneurism steps in and provides solutions for the future. So I think that's kind of an optimistic view of that. Love it. It is It is optimistic, but I'm, I tend to lean on the side of optimism. And uh, I do also believe that uh, we will come out of this stronger and better as a healthcare community, but also as a, as a human uh, human race. And so, uh, Dr. Ponce, I just want to say thanks again for, for sharing your insights here with us and leaving us with that inspiring message and uh, looking forward to, uh, to staying in touch. Yeah, thanks so much for the time and, and for listening. <laughs>